Good morning, brothers and sisters. Yesterday in the church, we celebrated the feast of St. Monica, and today, if it weren't Sunday, we would be celebrating the feast of St. Augustine, her son. And I thought it would be appropriate to talk a little bit about these two wonderful saints. Now, for those of you who were born and raised Catholic, if you didn't know these saints, shame on you, and shame on your parents for not raising you right. But they should be fairly common names. They're very famous saints in the church, in part because they represent, as a family, kind of the bookends of sanctity and the things that saints themselves struggle with. So I just wanted to share a little bit about their lives. St. Monica, as a young woman, was married by her parents to a wealthy man, I believe a lawyer in their village. Even though they were Catholic, he was a pagan, non-believer, but she still married him and was very faithful and loving wife, and she gave him three children, but he wasn't the most faithful and loving of husbands. I mean, he respected his wife greatly as a person because of her virtue, but he he wasn't very faithful to her in any other respect. He was a licentious man, and he had a bit of a temper. It's not surprising, then, that these three children weren't raised in the most Christian of homes. So Monica prayed for her husband and fasted and interceded for him constantly, throughout their married life, and a year before he died, he converted. He was baptized and began to follow the Lord. So she got to see the fruit of her prayer and her humble intercession for the man that she loved so much. Now her eldest son, Augustine, was 17 when his father died, and he pretty much took after his father. So he wasn't a Christian, he wasn't even trying to follow Christ, he was interested in in intellectual matters and politics and things like this. And his mother, obviously praying very diligent for his soul as well, would kind of follow him around, trying to look after him. But as any rebellious young male will do, he tried to push away from his mother. And at one point, she actually had to kick him out of the house because he was living such a sinful lifestyle. She wouldn't let him live in the house with her. But uh, after many years, when he was in his 20s, he began to, to study rhetoric, and he wanted to get away from his mom, so he made plans to go to Rome, but she made plans to follow him. She wasn't going to let him get away. She was going to make sure he converted. So one night he lied to her, and he said, oh, mom, I have to go down to the docks and see a friend. He's leaving on a trip. And she goes, okay, I'll see you later. But instead of just saying goodbye to his friend, he got on the boat with him and took off to Rome. So uh, the next day she was very upset when she found out her son had lied to her, so she got a ticket and went to Rome after him. And she proceeded to follow him around, trying to continue to pray and intercede for his conversion, and he kept running away from her time and time again. Finally, he resolved to go to Milan. Now, you have to understand, at this time in history, in the fourth century, Milan was the party capital of the world. So... If I were to tell you, hey, I went to Las Vegas last week and had a really wild time, you would think very bad thoughts, and rightly so. So Milan made Las Vegas look like a holy city. So if you wanted to sin, you went to Milan. Now, it was a very famous city. It had a lot of universities, and so he justified his trip there for that reason. But you can imagine his poor Catholic mother was extremely worried. Not only was he already living a sinful lifestyle, she thought he's going to get worse in Milan. All of the temptations are even more readily available 
in this sinful city. So St. Monica starts begging the Lord, please, Lord, I know you love me. I know you love my son. Please don't let him go to Milan. She kept praying. And this is a holy woman. This is a saint. And you'd think God would answer her prayer and, and protect him from going to this sinful city. But God did nothing. He goes to Milan. And again, Monica goes after him. She goes to Milan too. But you can imagine how upset she was that the Lord didn't hear her prayer. However, there's a very good reason why God did not do what she asked. Because the Bishop of Milan at that time was Saint Ambrose. Again, a great saint of the church. And Augustine encountered Ambrose during his stay in Milan. And because of the wisdom and holiness of this man, Augustine was converted. He went through RCIA and eventually was baptized. Now, St. Monica, again, the example of a holy wife and mother. Her greatest desire is to help obtain the salvation of the souls of her husband and her children. And in her life, she got to see the baptism of her whole family. Imagine what a consolation and a joy this was for her. So for those of you who pray diligently for your loved ones, who may have shied away from Christ or just maybe don't even know him at all, Monica is your intercessor. You need to turn to her. She's wonderful. We even have a St. Monica prayer group here at St. Dorothy's. But just because you're holy and a saint and you have all the right intentions doesn't mean you know what's right for every sinner. You see, it seems logical from Monica's perspective that if her sinful son, who can't say no to temptation, goes to the worst city in the known world at the time, he's going to get worse. Seems logical, I would agree with her. Who could have predicted that the bishop of this bad city was a saint, and God was going to use that man to help convert her sinful son. We can't predict these things. So we need to be careful when we're praying for our sinful friends and relatives and even our sinful selves, not to be too specific in what we ask of the Lord. It's best to entrust the specifics to God. He knows everything. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's all-good. God certainly loved Augustine more than Monica did. He's God. She's just a creature. God has more knowledge and more power to help Augustine convert. God doesn't need Monica's prayers and intercession. It's an important point. God doesn't need anyone to save a soul. He can do it himself. He's God but he wants to use our intercession. He wants to use our help, and it can help him provide more graces when we do intercede. So it is a good thing that the Monicas of the world pray for sinners. They need to continue to do so, but they have to do so with a deeper trust in the Lord and not presume how God will save that soul. So that's the lesson that Monica teaches us. Now, St. Augustine, her sinful son, teaches us a slightly different lesson. So on one end, we have the holy mother who's interceding for the sinful family. On the other hand, we have the sinner <laughs> who wasn't seeking Christ. He was just seeking intellectual truth and understanding, kind of his pride and his prowess through his knowledge. 
And to put it politely, like his father, Augustine had a problem with the ladies. At this point, he had already had a son out of wedlock, again, wasn't living a holy life by any stretch of the imagination. But after he is initially converted by St. Ambrose, and he begins RCIA, we have a prayer said by Augustine during this early stage of his conversion. Now, you know, when you've been living a sinful life, you have a lot of bad habits. And when you convert to the Lord, it's not easy just to stop following those bad habits. Conversion takes time, prayer, penance, discipline. It can take years or decades. So this very famous prayer of St. Augustine I heard while I was in seminary, and I think in many respects you'll be able to relate to. St. Augustine, who struggled with chastity, prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, make me chaste, just not yet. <laughs> now, why do I, I like this prayer of St. Augustine? On one side, you, you may be worried and be like, well, that's not exactly the right way to pray, is it? Shouldn't we just pray, Lord, make me chaste? And that is true. Yes, the, the proper prayer is, Lord, give me the virtues I need to be holy. But what's important about the way St. Augustine prayed is that he was honest. He was honest with God. He knew intellectually that chastity, this teaching of Christ, was the right way. But he also knew that because of his sinful habits and the desires of his sinful flesh, that he wanted to sin. There was an internal battle. St. Paul says it's the flesh warring against the spirit. He wanted both things. And so he was honest with God. Lord, I, I don't want to be chaste, I have to be honest with you, but I do want to be chaste. Please help me. <laughs> it's a very honest prayer. Now, because of Augustine, I've learned to pray this way in my own respect. Like on my days off, when I'm trying to spend more time, you know, relaxing and resting, it's, I'm often tempted not to pray my rosary. I'm often tempted not to pray my rosary. Yes, I know, don't be shocked. Father Miller, who preaches on the rosary all the time, sometimes attempts not to pray his. I will be honest, usually if I'm bad and I don't pray a rosary one day, I'll pray to the next day to make up for it. But when I'm tempted not to pray the rosary on like my day off, I'm being lazy, that's basically what it is, I say this prayer, because I know myself. I said, Blessed Mother, I want to pray the rosary, but I know without your help, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so please help me. And that's what I say. And whenever I pray that prayer, within, I would say, less than an hour, I feel the strength and the will to do it, just to sit down and pray my rosary every time. But if I don't say that prayer, there are days I don't do it. I think God is so pleased by honesty, just complete and humble honesty, that he gives more grace when we can be honest like St. Augustine. But it takes a lot of humility to look deeply within our sinful selves and admit to what we really desire. And sometimes what we desire are multiple things. Yes, God willing, I want to be holy and virtuous and do the right thing, but honestly, at times I don't. That's why I sin. So learn from Augustine's example. He becomes this amazing saint in the church. I encourage you, read his writings. He was very prolific in his writings. There's so many things we have from him. I actually just read one of his readings this morning in my daily prayers. 
But this example of a sinner striving to be a saint is what all of us need. So you've got St. Monica, the one who prays and intercedes for the sinner, and you've got the sinner who has to pray and intercede for themselves. So this wonderful duo, this mother and this son, two of the greatest saints of the church, can be an example for each of us, depending on where we are in our spiritual lives, or both an example for us simultaneously. But I would remind you of the first point about St. Monica, that regardless of whether we are the sinner or we're praying for somebody else who is far from Christ, we need to have that faith that trusts in the Lord. Yes, we pray and we intercede, we do penance, but ultimately conversion of the sinner is in the hands of God. And we need not worry about that because no one loves sinners more than the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.